everyone, welcome to Trust the Trail. We are your outdoor guides, Ariane Petrucci and Scott Jans. This is episode 183, The Weight of a Female Backpacker. This one's for you, all you badass women hikers. In this episode, we offer an honest and frank discussion on hygiene, health, and safety out on the trail. We aren't reinventing what to do or what products are best, but rather answering authentic questions and very genuine fears of addressing these real life situations and concerns. Get talking about this topic, join in on the discussion on our Facebook group page, just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash trust trail podcast and start the conversation. Come hang out with us and be part of our community. Hey guys, before we get started, wanted to let everybody know about our events that are coming up in 2021. We have the Sycamore Wilderness Canyon in March. We've got the Grand Canyon in the last week of April, and then we've just started posting Zion that's going to be in May. The Grand Canyon trip is gonna take a lot of planning, so make sure you don't wait and book that trip because we have some lodging issues that we have to talk about to get everybody together in one place. So Grand Canyon, last week of May. Zion, we're starting to post in the middle of May. So keep your eyes out on trustthetrailpodcast.com forward slash events to make sure you don't miss one of our trips. So if you haven't heard the news yet, Trust Trail Podcast and the Backcountry Foodie have partnered up to give our hiking community even more information on how to be at your best on the trail. Aaron Owens of Backcountry Foodie offers a complete list of nutritional meal planning for your next backpacking adventure. After all, she is a licensed dietitian. That absolutely helps. And she's an avid backpacker herself. Both of us and Aaron understand how important nutrition is on the trail. Just go to www.backcountryfoodie.com and use the promo code trust the trail and get 20% off any of their membership services. Backcountry Foodie also offers our listeners, you who go on our trips with us, that we're going to talk about in a minute, <laughs> specific one-on-one meal planning as part of our adventure backpacking trips just for Trust the Trail listeners. So that is very, very awesome, and we're uh, we're super excited to have uh, Backcountry Foodie as a partner. If you're looking, of course, for additional gear for the spring, it's right around the corner, summer is right around the corner here before you know it, always bookmark the backpackerstore.com. The power is in the search. That website is just for you guys, just for our listeners. If you want a piece of gear, you want to compare prices, it brings all of the gear companies together, MSR, Hyperlite, REI, I mean all of them, and compares the same product with the same price. So Camp Saver, Eastern Mountain Sports, Enlightened Gear, they're all on there. The Backpacker Store, that's the Backpacker Store. In full disclosure, that site is ours. We built it and no additional cost to you. We do take a small commission off any gear that you buy, which helps we put right back into the podcast. So we have a pretty um, pretty cool podcast there, uh, Miss Petrucci. <laughs> I know. So uh, are you are you ready to sit in on this one? Uh, yes. Yeah, because I'm always willing to learn, and I always love to get a different perspective on what other, and what someone else thinks of their backpacking 
um, adventures, their trails, how they do it. Um, and this is this is going to be a great uh, learning experience for me. Well, I also think you're here for the emotional support of any men that may actually stay through to the end of the podcast, if we dare have any. Well, I think if you're going to go backpacking with your girlfriend or your wife, <laughs> I think probably you should. So, so we, so we titled this "The Weight of the Female Backpacker." Okay, so let, let's let's be honest about what we're talking about here. Um, it's not necessarily weight in your backpack versus that of a male, right? It's like the emotional and the mental aspects of having to worry about all this stuff. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I think for men, um, you know, they can just put on their backpack and they go. Women, they do have some other things to worry about, things that are happening currently with them uh, because, you know, they're uh, you know, their time frame um, is different than men sometimes. And so they've got other things to think about where men don't. And a lot of times men don't necessarily understand that or they just want to walk out of the room and not think about it. <laughs> but I think it's important that we have a very frank, honest, open discussion what the truth is because it's reality out on the trail. Yeah. So, so in all fairness, uh, you know, I've had a lot of women been saying, you've been doing this for a very long time. You've been backpacking out there. Surely you've gone out when the timing hasn't been right. Or, you know, just general questions as they're getting into it. We introduce ourselves to a lot of newbie backpackers. And so these questions do come up in private moments. Um, but I also did reach out to many of our listeners and ask very specifics about like, what is it that you want to know? If we just hold bar, like just no holds bar, just go out there. No topic is off limits. No what do you want to know? No, no filter. filter at all. So we're going to try and give you the no filter version of the weight that a woman has to carry. So I, are you ready to get uncomfortable? I'm here. <laughs> All right, let's get uncomfortable because uh, it's easy to get uncomfortable when we're talking about this subject. So um, one of the biggest, one of the biggest odd fears that I had never really thought about is squatting. It's so basic. We do it all the time. We do it on the commode, our our little white throne in our house all the time. But like you take you take that level of like you remove the toilet and all of a sudden squatting can become a big fear out in any kind of wilderness environment, whether it's, whether it's the bugs, the creepy crawlies, you know, you, you maybe accidentally, and I'm notorious for this, forgot to actually spray my ass with bug spray. Like the fear of like pulling down your pants in this open air environment can be a little daunting when you're first getting into it. And we actually had somebody that I was very close and dear to with a legitimate fear of peeing in the woods. Well, and I think for squatting purposes, um, men squat possibly once, maybe twice when they're out in the backcountry on a long distance hike or a multi-day trip. But, you know, women squat multiple times during that trip it could be you know three four five six times a day keep um, because keep going up in that number <laughs> it could be 15 times a day um and so depends on how much well how, how well hydrated you so, are so you know men you know they think of okay i gotta squat to go poop women have to think about squat to go pee and poop so it's it's 
it's different. Yeah, I mean, it's it's. Yeah, it's very, very different. And when you're first kind of navigating this whole aspect of it, or maybe you are, you know, tried and true hiker, you've been out there, you've done it, you've squatted, you have done your squats out in the woods. And it still can be like a fear factor. Now, here's the reality of anything we're going to talk about, like we're going to dig right into hygiene, we're going to talk about pee, poop, periods, all of it, right? The reality is, is that you need to mentally understand that this is not the comforts of home. It never will be. It shouldn't be expected to be the comforts of home. This is not your nicely manicured bathroom. This is not even a public space. This is, this is the wilderness. This is the woods. It's the deserts. It's the, you know, it's, it's the wind. It's the dust. It's the creepy crawlies. It's everything that you don't get in the comforts of home and and it shouldn't be and by mentally putting yourself in that space that really does allow you to kind of be one with all of it and take away all those fear components that you don't get um and and now comes honestly it's just going to be a better experience yeah and i and even that's i mean we're talking about sometimes you have a vault toilet um, on the trail or at a at a, a shelter or in a in an area where or at a trailhead and I mean and oftentimes those vault toilets or even the porta potties are pretty gross and disgusting. Some most of the time I'd just rather go outside. And I, I'm a lot go more, in there. I'm a lot more comfortable going outside. Than yeah, I yeah, yeah. Inside, me too. Uh, because ooh, that some of that is nasty. So, um, so the first PP. The first P is P, peeing in the woods, right? Well, let's face it, we're different than we're different than men. Women are physically built different than men. Men just whip it out. I, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but they just whip it out and they pee and they're done. Zip up. I'm going along the trail. Women, we have to worry about this dark, hidden, moist, sealed up area that never sees the light of day. And we have to keep that clean. Like that's a big factor in us being out there. And so, yeah, we do have excess things that we need to prepare to bring and we do have to wipe and we do have to have toilet paper and we do need to mitigate more smell. Like these are real factors in this. So one of the questions that I actually got from our listeners was a a very blunt and open question. And I'm going to read it right here. How do you mitigate the smell if you don't want to wipe with toilet paper every time you pee? Or do you simply have to embrace it? Well, there's a lot of embracing that you have to deal with. So just go ahead and embrace the stench. Go ahead and embrace the smell. Now, a lot of this like factors into what you're willing to do. You may be on the more plush end of needing the comforts of a piece of toilet paper every time you wipe. You may be on the over excessive end um, and you want to bring baby wipes to kind of clean up. So the the reality is there's just so there's this broad spectrum between what you're comfortable dealing with and what you're not, you're gonna stink. That's just the way it is. You're gonna stink. Now I've been known and I've done this to help mitigate the smell ahead of time. I have wiped some essential oil, you know, down into the little bits of hair follicles down there. And it does help for a very, not a lot, just a little bit. If I'm out on a two, three day backpacking trip, it does actually last the whole time. Now, we're going to 
talk a lot about L&T throughout all of this and, and the different components of Leave No Trace. And it all it also all depends on the environment that I'm going to go into. I'm not going to I'm not going to go out in bear country, you know, lathering myself with essential oils here. But but depending on where I'm at and what my comfort level is, I might do that ahead of time. And I've found that that is just enough to kind of tame the smell a little bit um, and kind of help out. And another thing that I have done before we kind of get into like what's most comfortable for all is that if I'm out, if I'm out west or if I'm out, you know, in the in the southeast, but there's a lot of pine. We all know how good pine smells, right? Like the pine bristles when you pull up to a pine tree now obviously be careful of sap. But I will I will run my hands. I'll, I'll, I'll grab like a little pine bristle off of a leaf, right? And I'll kind of like smear it in my hands and kind of crush it up. And all of a sudden, like if you smell your hands, you're like, oh my God, that smells so good. It's like this aromatherapy. And next time I pee, I'll give it a little wipe. I'll just briskly wipe no sap involved <laughs> I'll briskly wipe down there and and it do, and it does it does help now of course then I'm taking um you know I'm taking um hand sanitizer or whatever and cleaning it up afterwards and and then of course in certain cases I will actually take like a soap and small little like I'll, I'll spit in my hands and kind of clean up afterwards but little things like that have helped it's like these natural aromas of, of helping kind of keep that area at least smelling clean. But to actually clean, Scott's like, he's like, oh, I have something to say about this. Well, I think it's, it's um, you know, when we talk about going out on a multi-day trip, there's only so much you're going to be able to do as far as smell goes. Yeah. Um, and so don't fight it because if you fight it, it's actually, it's one more thing that you have to concern yourself with and one more thing that you have to mentally hold on to one more thing that you have to pack for and that's one more thing that isn't going to work yeah and i, I mean exactly and it was we're talking kind of talking about the excess weight that that women are carrying like this is this is part of it like if you're if you're the type of person who really needs to like clean up keep everything dry reduce all the bacterial growth that's happening down there like you you know you're you gotta let some of it go you have to otherwise you're never you're going to be so worried about that that you're not going to be enjoying the whole reason you're out there yeah and i think one of the things that helps um you know kind of mentally prepare uh that and i and i know you know um, you know, there are some men that have, you know, the same concern. You know, I, I, I do the same thing. I, you know, before a long uh, backpacking trip, I don't carry any deodorant right. whatsoever. But I will take like a speed stick and I will, instead of, you know, like, of course, I, you know, I put it underneath my arms, but I will put it, I will put some in between my legs, you know, um, because that's where you're, that's where all of the, the sweat is building up anyway in that area. And I think that's what women are most wor worried about too, is that, you know, it, you know, normally, you know, you don't have to put deodorant out there because you're taking a shower all the time. Right. But in the wilderness, you're going to be out there for four or five days. That's not going to be something you're going to be able to do. So if you can just take a little deodorant and, you know, put it in places that you're not going to, 
wash for a few days and that might help but to bring deodorant on the trail is almost um, irrelevant compared to how much you know uh, body odor you're going to put out depending on you know who you are and and you know how much you sweat but really it it's just if 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 we could give you one piece of advice just go with it you're, you're you, <laughs> you you are going stink. you're going to get to a shower i promise you you're going to get you're going to have a chance to clean up we're going to find you a shower you are going to find a shower out there and we have taken people on some long um trips that um you know we had to wait until not only did we have to get off the trail then we had to wait another day to get to a shower so you are going to find a shower you're going to find one so just have that in peace of mind that that this is a temporary issue and you are not going to stink forever well depending for for a woman in particular depending on the length of when you're going like well it's a real thing like we we have to worry about keeping this area clean and about you know reducing any of the potential bacteria growth because that is going to lead to bigger problems that we are not going to be set up for out there and nor do we want to deal with them so you know, you, you do have to worry. And there's like all these different products like, you know, P-Rags in every shape, form, antibacterial and all these fancy stuff that you can snap on the back of your pack or tie on your pack. And there's toilet paper, as basic as toilet paper. I'm probably going to be a little bit more comfortable, comfortable being uncomfortable than your average Joe. So I, one day out there, I was using the the toilet paper. I was so diligently wiping up and doing all the things. And then I just got tired. I just got tired of doing that same motionless process of pulling my toilet paper out, you know, tucking it back into a bag, making sure everything was like in its proper space. And it just got exhausting. And it really kicked in one day when I didn't want to bring my my ditty sack of stuff in the tent with me because of the smell and the attraction of the, the salts that are going to attract, you know, this the whole concept of animals. Um, and I just, I got to the point where I was just like, screw this, what can I use out in the woods? And there are the leaves, they're not always going to be leaves, I use a mix of leaves and rocks, you know, different vein patterns, all these different things. And you know, I'll take a smooth rock if I find one, I'll spit on it, wipe it up, and then I'll use that to dab in the area. And and that helps keep, keep things clean. And I can actually use nature to my advantage without using toilet paper each and every single time that I do this. And it does work. But yes, there is some cleanup. Don't underestimate a single baby wipe for a four or five day trip. How long did it take you to actually be able to do that? So for new backpackers, especially new female backpackers, they go out there. They're not really thinking of, you know, putting spit on their hand and using a rock. So, <laughs> like, how long did that that take you? And I think that's important for, you know, um, people to understand that, you know, it takes practice by going out there multiple, multiple times and, you know, our podcast is called Trust the Trail. Well, trust comes with a relationship and your relationship with nature isn't going to happen the first day you go backpacking. It's going <laughs> to it's gonna happen over a period of time. 
And so, you know, as yeah, it but I can guarantee you when Ariane first started going backpacking, she was not using doing she wasn't using nature's these toilet paper. You got she wasn't using nature. So it it does take a while. So it's okay um, you know, not to you know, to do that the first time. But know this, know that all that stuff is available out there for you. Um, so you don't have to pack and you don't have to worry about what really has been going on for billions of years. You know, we've been pooping and peeing outdoors for a long, long time. Um, and so, and, and everything has seemed to be okay so far. Um, we've procreated this far and we're here. So, you know, don't, don't worry so much about what you need trust the things that are going to be provided for you that you don't particularly need at that moment. So I've never, I've never once gone on a backpacking trip without carrying toilet paper, not once. But if I'm not, if I, if I have an alternative choice to use, I'm going to use that instead. And, and that didn't come with a specific amount of time or a certain amount of miles underfoot. It just came when I had had enough of doing it the normal way. And I just started seeing things differently. I started reducing the amount of, you know, squares that I would use. And, and I just got to the point where when I mentally got to that point where enough was enough, and I'm a little bit more comfortable looking at my surroundings and using alternative sources when it's available and when it's okay to do so, that's when I switched over. And it allows me to be a lot more flexible, I guess. Um, and I have been using less and less the longer I go out there. Now, have, have you ever once got a bacterial infection? No, but certain women are more prone to them versus myself in particular. And so that does come into play. It's like, it's just like your, um, like your uh, first aid kit. You tailor it to you. If you're prone to a certain something, maybe you're going to take a little something extra. Um, but, you know, not, re not reducing the weight. And let's talk about poop for a second, because poop is a big, com a big factor in how much do you take and what ifs scenarios. And so I had a question. It's more of a statement, but it's let's talk about this um, from one of our listeners. Pooping in the wilderness. This topic has been covered in a million YouTube videos, so the basics are very well understood. Though I would follow all the rules per se and still end up making a huge mess of myself. With having what I call, quote unquote, old lady knees, a deep squat is not possible and no fallen logs are around at base camp to possibly posture off. It became pure misery. This caused a lot of excess use of limited resources and just became frustrating. So, I mean, let's talk about, then that's a big component, like this what if factor, don't pack for the what if, don't pack the whole roll of toilet paper. At home, you just wad it up in your hands and go to town, just wipe as you need. And you don't think about that waste component. Now, with Scott and I, it's interesting because we've moved towards a composting toilet. And so we've had to really think about waste very, very differently. But it's kind of the same conceptual idea in the backcountry. Take only what you need, not anymore, right? I mean, toilet paper, it's not like it weighs a ton, but you don't always want to go in with this, like, what if, and then you have to pack that out. Like, 
you're you're constantly packing out your toilet paper for women. It, you know, we're, we don't get the luxury of digging a cow hole every single time we pee to bury our toilet paper. And in some areas, you're not even allowed to leave any trace whatsoever. You're not, the soil's not intended to decompose your toilet paper. So, so what are you doing in these, in these situations? And, and, you know, how are you, how, how are you using nature to mimic a toilet, to squat? And I kind of call it the, uh, uh, like the huddle position, you know, like if you're all like, you know, like when you're doing tag football as a kid, if anybody did, and you all kind of lean into that circle, that huddle, and you're kind of like bracing your, your hands, you're not really squatting, right? Well, shit gets messy. Well, not literal, we'll, we'll talk about shit in just a second, but things get messy, right? I mean, the one thing that drives me crazy about L&T, and about all the things that you ought to do, is that what if it goes wrong? And that's what we're talking about. It always goes wrong. And sometimes it's physically impossible to <laughs> squat. <laughs> I mean, can't. let's just let's just like go there because you know not every place is you know conveniently uh, you know set for you to squat. Um, and so and and a lot of times you know uh, you know yeah squatting um, for younger people is okay, but if you know if you have knee problems or you have ankle problems. Or, you know, you're a little older. Yeah, it's easy to say the word squat. I can (laughs) say the word squat all day. But when it comes to actually squatting, I may get down. I just might not be able to get up. I'm going to need the clapper to get back up. So um, I I think in, in that case, you know, and as we've said a million times on this podcast, a million times, is that you're you're trying to do the best you can. There is no perfect remedy there, out there. There is no precision. There is no fine-tuned lines no, to if, draw if, with. If them. all of us could, if all of us could precision poop, then none of us would see toilet paper all over the trail. None of us would run into the. Is that snow? No, that's a field of toilet paper. If everybody could precision poop, the fact is, not only can we not precision poop, most of us can't precision wipe. And that's, that, that is, that, that's, you're going to have to do the best you can. So if you have to lean, um, if, if you have to lean on a tree, lean on a tree, you know, you're, what you're, what you're trying to do is you're trying to minimize your impact. Okay. In, in that pooping situation. Okay. Let me say this again. You're minimizing, you're not deleting it. (laughs) You're not, you're not miraculously going to make it all disappear. Okay. You're minimizing it. Minimal. It's minimizing. It's never the word where, well, you know, I have to, it's got to be apparent where I've never been here ever. Well, yeah, you and a million other people, right? So you're just doing the best you can. And quite frankly, um, this kind of ties into, you know, the whole know your body, know what to eat, know, you know, your your nutrition, diet, you know, I'm probably not good, not a good idea to um, drink and eat um, foods that you're not used to. 
before you go backpacking because you know if you think that you're gonna all of a sudden eat these mountain house foods or food that you've never eaten before and then have a really steady great bowel when you poop you are in fantasy world because or you know eat a whole bunch of uh, soup you know that's one of the things that you kind of have to realize too that you want to poop easy out in the woods then look at your diet and look at what you're eating because that's going to make it easier for you um just the fact that you know a lot of times you're under stress you know you're nervous um that could definitely make uh pooping in the woods a lot harder but you know for for you know for most people you're going to squat you're going to dig a cow hole but for some people that's going to be hard to do also so you're just going to have to maybe squat differently you're going to have to realize that you're going to have to have a poop shop shovel you may have to have a dig a bigger cow hole or you might be you know you're just doing the best you can out there with the resources that you have. Yeah, I mean, you've already nailed multiple things that I was going to talk on. And diet was a big one of those. Um, and diet's a huge component in how your body waste is going to come out. And how soft and how pliable and how how much of a surface space you end up covering with it. And that was one of the other topics that we had. I just, I, you know, I had this message in my inbox that I just discovered. And for some reason, Instagram messages get lost on me. So uh, I, I and, and it was talking about the, the, the poop episode that we discussed where I had an explosion by eating biscuits and gravy. And that was one thing. I don't do biscuits and gravy in my diet. So why did I think it was a wise idea to go gorging on biscuits and gravy the night, the the morning of a big, long backpacking trip? Uh, I don't know either. <laughs> it did, did not work. I, I still get, re I still remembered. I mean, you almost were putting yellow crime tape around that scene. <laughs> and this is one of those moments where things are not going to go well. They're not, the cleanup is going to be intense the cleanup's going to be messy and this leads into another question that we got was when do your when your body functions go a step beyond the glorious cat hole that is a reference to if you specifically have explosive poop now granted this is not just for for females alone but i do think that females more naturally are probably a little bit more um nervous about dealing with that when it happens and and yeah I yeah I've had explosive poop in the backcountry twice and let me tell you it wasn't fun it was not fun it sucked it royally sucked and that was one of those moments where you're just like embrace the suck and oh shit how do I clean this up and there is no there is no magic message to explain it's going to be messy it's going to suck royally and your cleanup is going to be a little intense and for and for all backpackers uh women and male uh the the important thing is when you're on the trail you're going to have to you know it, it's going to be messy <laughs> bring that uh soap with you where you're going to have to wash your hands because that's one of the things that gets spread on the Appalachian Trail is the norovirus, and that's specifically through fe fecal matter. So, you know, there could be people that, you know, 
are sick or, you know, have the norovirus that is spreading out there. And so, you know, it, it's all about doing the best you can. Yeah, things happen. Things are not going to work out right. Things are going to explode and you're going to, you know, probably shouldn't have drank that box wine last night. You know, I mean, it's just not going to, it's not going to go the way you thought it was going to go and it makes it uncomfortable, but you're, you're trying to do the best you can. But, you know, as long as you um, always think about the common sense realities of, okay, well, this has happened. I better wash my hands. I better clean up or I better do the best I can with, you know, with, you know, with the, um, with the explosion. Well, you know, somebody asked me once on that specific story, they brought it back on a trip we were on. And I given the ex exact question saying, well, what do you do if you don't have time to dig a hole? Well, you're transferring it into a hole. There's nobody, it's better than going in your pants. So you're out there, it comes, it comes fast. You have no time, drop your pants and do your business, but then dig a hole and transfer it into the hole the best you can. The, the idea here is to minimize your impact, right? It's never going to be perfect. You're never going to hit all of those little spray components into the hole and so you're just trying to clean up the best you can yeah yeah absolutely you're, you're doing the best you can nature is uh it's not a perfect world and <laughs> you're not going to be perfect playing in it and, and i think too you know going back to this like you know a lot of people have these fears of what if what if and oh my gosh and i i just i can't imagine myself having an explosion in the middle of like the the woods oh my god what am i going to do well you're going to clean yourself up you know you brought one little baby wipe, you're going to do a final wipe down, you're going to clean yourself the best you can. And you've just got to know and embrace the fact that you're not, you're not in this manicured restroom, you're out in the wilderness. And the the more you succumb to the fact that you're out here for a bigger reason than all the worry of pooping in the woods, I think you're going to find that you become a lot more one with all the the stench and the dirt and the grime and the and the nasty part of, of of really dealing with these real life factors that come that that are that are real out here. Um, let's talk about period. I think Scott might be out on this one. I'm walking out of the room now. <laughs> no, no, I want to want to hear this. Okay, so women, we're taught it's dirty. Uh, we need to be self-conscious like, oh, my God, your period is something that you tuck away, you hide away, you don't talk about you, you know, you kind of just like keep it all up under wraps and bow and, and, and we're taught that like over half the population wants to shirk it under the rug and not talk about it, you know, but th this is a real component. Now, some people say, oh, I, I never go backpacking when I'm on my period or, you know, I, I take birth control because I, uh, you know, I'm going to uh, manicure my time or I know exactly when it's going to hit and I know how heavy it's going to be. Well, not all of us can have that luxury. And what happens to those people in pre-menopause that are... It's like playing Russian roulette. Your period just comes whenever it wants, leaves whenever it wants, pops up whenever it wants, decides to be heavy one day, decides, oh, joke's on you. You thought you were going to have to carry all that stuff, but no. Like, it's, it's this, this is, uh, it's this, it's this component of, of what if, and that is the time where everyone's like, oh my God, I need to pack for the what if. And in that case, the reality is, is Yes. Yeah, we are packing a little bit more weight, a little bit more bulk, a little bit more whatever. And we're not going to dig into all the different reasons for 
or all the different products out there because there's 10 million products to use, whether it's, you know, a tampon, whether it's a pad, whether it's a, a you know, a, a, I'm blanking out on the name, the Diva Cups, little, little cups. Uh, there's 10 million different variations on that, you know, but there's, it, it's not about the product, it's about the cleanup. And it's about, you know, how to mitigate that feeling. I mean, it, it just feels awful. It just feels crummy and it feels dirty. And we just, we just need a little bit of education surrounding that. Yeah. And I think it's important for men out there to know that, you know, that, you know, your hiking partner is going through these things and, uh, you know, there's cramping and, and everything else. Um, but that should never be a reason not to go. Um, only because there are ways to get through that. And, you know, especially if it's a trip that, you know, you've always wanted to go on um, and, you know, that you see that availability or there's a spot open or you want to go, um, that would be uh, devastating not to be able to go on that trip because it's that time of the month. Yeah. So some of the questions that we have that, uh, you know, I specifically was issued I need a better system for how to deal with my period waste and all the other hygiene that goes along with it. Another question was when having my period, um, how do I manage what to carry versus what I'm carrying out? Like, how do I reduce what I'm, I have to carry in order to deal with the aftermath of it? And then, of course, how to manage bladder leakage. You know, this is a general thing. Um and in so much waste. And also, like, if I bleed through my garments, how do I deal with that out there? Like, what am I doing? Because that's a real component. I mean, the reality is for female and don't all you females out there, you know, it's even happened to you in your comforts of home, you bleed through, you, you don't you don't your timing isn't right. Uh, Your period's heavier than you think it is. And you are bleeding through and you got it's almost like a scene out of the movie Carrie. It's like this horrific horror scene of blood dripping down your leg, right? It's a real component. And how do you deal with all those? So let's talk about it. Because one of the biggest fears is one, feeling uncomfortable. Two, another big fear is animals. Oh my God, they're going to smell me. They're going to come after me. Um, and there's no real scientific proof to, to, to prove that out there. Um, and then, of course, like, what are the real issues with dealing with waste? Now, waste is weight. And this kind of was, it was interesting when we were talking about the the podcast topic is, uh, you know, <laughs> I said, I said, Scott, do you know how much, do you know how much I have to carry in blood on the way back because I can't bury it? Because we can't bury it, you know? And he was like, I, I, I don't, I don't know if I want to know. Well, it's a lot of weight. It does add up to a lot of weight. Um, so it, it depends on what product you use and how to dispose of it, of course, out there. But uh, the factor is, is that feeling, going into it, feeling comfortable, cleaning yourself up. And again, don't ester- underestimate the product of a baby wipe, but feeling confident in going in and managing how much you carry um, or what products you're comfortable carrying out there is is a real fear. Well, I think the reality is that you're going to have to carry this stuff out and, yeah. and there's no magic. There's, there's no magic pill for that. Um, you know, the, uh, 
the wag bags, anything that can help biodegrade that when you throw it away, uh, plastic baggie, um, it's going to be about the same as you are at home. Um, and so you're, you're going to have to pack that out. And, and I think that's just one of the components that, uh, women have that, you know, men can't understand or they don't see that. Um, and so, um, that's just, that's just, you know, a, that's just the reality of backpacking on a multi-day, uh, multi-day trip or even sometimes an overnight trip. So I found, you know, people talk about, well, you can use tea bags, you can use uh, baby powder, you can use uh, crushed aspirin. There's like, there's a laundry list of things that you can do to help mitigate what you do have to pack out and the stench. But I have found that honestly, a doggy poop bag and not, not the really beautiful biodegradable ones that are like helping the environment, but the real deal, the real ones, those seem to reduce the smell of what I'm having to carry out better than almost anything that I have ever come across. So there's really durable, you get them, you can get them at any dog park, just walk into the dog park and get them. Those are the ones that seem to mitigate the, 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 the smell of what you're carrying. And of course, no, it's not a comforting thought carrying it around, but, and as L and T, you know, you, you, you're going to minimize it. You're going to put it you're going to tie it up in a tree just like your food bag. You know, you're not going to sleep with that stuff. Um, you're going to tie it around something to kind of keep uh, any critters at bay. Now, and, 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 and even they talk about even when you pee. When you're on your period and you pee, you know, you want to dig a hole. Well, I don't I don't do that. That's not the reality of, of peeing. I pee too frequently out there to be able to do it. But um, I am packing out all my toilet paper when when I when I am on my period and it does come um, and and the worst of it is is knowing going in you know sometimes you just have to embrace the mental aspect of being unprepared and I've been there every single woman has been there in her life um, and you all know how uncomfortable it is but embracing that and 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 kind of not putting all your all your mental focus and energy on it really does help um, slow the process. Yeah, and I think it's. Uh, I think that's a great tip. Uh, I never, um, never heard of the doggy uh, poop bag. I think that's a great tip, and and you know put you know tie that around a branch or a tree or separately from your food bag, um, and you know if a critter gets into it, critter gets into it. Who you know? You just pick it up, and you know you do better the next time. Um, the The important thing is not to have anything like that in your tent, um, and uh, you know you're 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 also trying to again, you know, just do the best you can out there. Yeah. So I mean, I think you know I I love messages. I'm always welcome to kind of talk talk about a discussion one on one with what I do and how we do it and how to best do it and different variables. So women feel free to uh, chat me up on that one but uh, safety let's talk about safety I think we've ex- we've exceeded the uh, three P's well the safety is always a as a it's a huge one um, for uh, for for women that want to go backpacking in the wilderness um, and I uh, I understand that that is a, a huge concern um, women feel a little bit more vulnerable out there 
Um, but here's the thing that we've learned over the years. And, and you know, for as long as I've been uh, taking people out backpacking, um, there's one huge thing in common that I have always seen. And that is going out there on a solo overnight doesn't necessarily mean you have to go miles into the wilderness, okay? But it sure in the heck helps you build self-esteem and confidence when you do go out on a solo backpacking trip or a solo camping trip. So for women that want to, that they have a little trepidation, start easy, start small, start just camping your you know, backyard by yourself and then maybe go to a state park. And then maybe, you know, as we just witnessed, um, you know, our friend uh, Amy Tappendorf, she, you know, she was in Joshua Tree and, you know, picked a trail that had a really nice big trailhead to it and went three miles in and camped for the first time for herself solo. And I think you kind of build up to it. No, no one has to, no one says that you have to go out um you know, deep into the wilderness, your very first time. So if you're looking to to um, do a multi-day hike, if you're maybe aspiring to, you know, through hike the Appalachian Trail or through hike the Pacific Crest Trail, and, you know, the, the whole thing about, well, I'm a woman, I can't, I'm a little bit more weary about going out by myself. Start small. Build that confidence. Build that self-esteem. You know, get to know the trail, get to know, you know, your surroundings. And I think in um, in the process that will start fading away. It just kind of starts fading away. Um, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that, you know, you can always have a, a hiking partner to go for your first time. You know, if you put your tents right next to each other, at least you kind of have that backup plan. Um, but to do that over and over again, it's going to take a process. It's not going to be a one-time overnight. Oh my gosh, you know, uh, you know, I've done it. You can start small, but I can guarantee you this: that of all the years that we have been, I, I've been guiding, Ariane's been guiding. The one thing that we always have in common, the one thing that always ends up being the 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 big difference, is that. The difference between the men going out there and the women going out there is that normally years later, the the guys will say, man, I had a great trip on that. That was so much fun. I remember that trip well. And it's usually uh, the women backpackers that say, you know what? I did it. I was out there by myself and I soloed. And it, you can just see the self-esteem and the confidence that that brings uh, because you know, it is a little bit of a, a fear to get over at first, but don't make it a big fear. Don't let it um, sink into your in your mind sight and into your psyche. Don't let it because if, if you let it and you give it strength, then that of which you want to do even gets farther away from you. And so um, I think it's a great self-esteem and self-confidence builder specifically for females that want to build that confidence, that want to that build that self-esteem um, to go out there and, and do an overnight solo camping trip and then make that camping trip then a backpacking trip and then so on and so on and so on. Um, and, I, you know, um, 
that's that i mean that's that that's what we've seen um over the years yeah i mean i think i think when you're first starting these all like fears of, of what everybody else is placing into your head it's oh my god are you going out without you must have bear spray or a weapon or something you know to take with you and, and all those fears like naturally go into your mind and so all of a sudden this like extremely fearful scenario of what will likely never occur is already in your mind about but one of the biggest questions I get and and something that I got three times by reaching out uh, to, to people to find out what their safety fears were is when out alone and I run into other people and we just naturally start talking a lot of times they say are you alone or where are you headed or whatever whatever the case case may be um, and they want to know what, what's my typical response? What do I do being confident, having gone solo multiple times and having, having done that, um, it, you know, kind of hearing what other perspectives are. Well, <laughs> the reality is it's gut instinct and that's a, a gut reaction. No, you, you, you don't, you're not required to offer, you're not required to offer any answers to anybody out there. You don't owe anybody an explanation, you know? Uh, there's no, there's no requirements. You, I, I think, I think we worry too much about what if, when the scenario is always altering and the, and different components change everything. Um, I've had two really, really extremely uncomfortable encounters hiking solo. Um, and I know some women have had a lot more and some have had none. One encounter I had was actually with a woman rather than a male. Uh, one was with a male, but one was with a woman. And I was extremely uncomfortable. I mean, this woman was like cracked out on meth, man. She was, you could tell she was not right. And I had a feeling that she wasn't alone. And she was working, you know, with, uh, with a, with a, with a partner that was male, um, sight unseen. Um, and I think your gut instinct tells you everything. And I think that women don't rely enough on how they're feeling in that one moment. Um, that will that will get you out of a, a, a situation. Um, and most situations that you encounter are not going to harm you. It's a matter of you removing yourself from that situation or becoming aloof to the situation or becoming, you know, step pulling your removing yourself out of that. And um, I think gut instinct can teach people a lot more than they think and it's always ever changing and it's always morphing and if what you're doing isn't working you know try a different route and I think most people out there uh it, if it's if it's human based the fear it's very easy to remove yourself from even though you're on foot and you're you you got a lot of you know you got a lot of space a lot of empty space where there's nobody else around yeah, and a lot of times it's misunderstood fear. Exactly. So uh, another uh, was kind of funny example. Uh, so of course we pull our uh, airstream with a uh, with a uh, white van, um, and it's a you know we we call it the white sketchy van. But the funny thing is that we are in a uh, we were in a campground, and Ariane was in the van, and Ariane was collecting wood. And she had pulled off over where you could kind of get out of your car and collect wood in the in the river. And there was another female with her kids playing. And um, it was kind of funny because we met them later. And uh, her her first gut reaction was like, "Who is 
the white sketchy van. And why are they parked near a child's? <laughs> why are they playground? by a playground? So, you know, that was her. That was her. Her first impression. Why? Because you know you get the 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 stereotype. You know the van, the the white sketchy van, blah blah blah. Well, we we actually literally end up meeting them, right? On just accident. We we actually talk to them. We're sitting in their RV talking to them, and she's like, "Oh, we, we're telling how Ariane was collecting wood," and she's like, "Oh my God, you drive the van. You drive the white van." And Ariane goes she like, goes, I reported you. <laughs> yeah. She goes, I reported you. So I think a lot of times um, you, you, you've got to understand the difference between the folklore, the myth and the reality and the facts on the ground. And, and a lot of that has to do with just having plain old gut instinct and common sense. You would never go to anybody anywhere in, um, you know, in a store hardware store, grocery store, it doesn't make any difference. You would never go up to them and say, you uh, you buy yourself? You, you'd, you'd get your butt kicked probably. So you would never do that. I don't know why that happens on the trail. It's no one's business. And you're out there to enjoy your hike. And, you know, if someone says, well, are you out here alone? You know, I would just say, well, you know, it's none of your business who I'm with, you know, or, or just keep walking. Um, or, you know, like you, you can, you have your gut instinct, you see who they are, what they look like, what they're doing. Um, and so I, I think it's okay to be self-aware. And I think it's, it's, I mean, we're all self-aware every day, you know, when we're doing our business around town and we're doing our, doing our normal lives. But all of a sudden, when you're in the wilderness, people want to start asking you, you know, personal, where you live, where you're from. You know, where'd you start with? Where are you going to camp tonight? I mean, like, what the hell? Just, you know, leave the, just hike your own hike and shut up, you know? And, um, and you know, uh, I, I think it would be very behooven sometimes, you know, for men and women to um, say, well, you know, it's none of your business where I'm going. I'm out here um, doing my thing, you know? Um, so don't let that live rent free in your head. You know, you're out there for a purpose. There's a lot more things in life to be worried about, um, in our daily lives, um, than someone asking you what you're doing on the trail. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well said. And I think a lot of times uh, it's like a, a trail culture in it and it stems back from, you know, those that are hiking so frequently or, you know, doing long distance hikes. It is part of a social aspect for people to just kind of connect with certain things. And and um, the, the reality is, is I, I, I would I would take that particular scenario and morph it into how I feel at that moment and use gut instinct to kind of react but there's but there's no prep work there's no there's nothing there's no a b or c response and condition to this that is going to help you out on that trail um and just just know what your comfort levels are and don't let them smell fear yeah plan and plan and prepare the biggest thing that we um we always talk about on this podcast and this relates right to this episode is let people know where you're going you know let let people know your route let people know when you're going to come back. Let people know where you're going in. That is the biggest, um, um, I would say, 
uh, that that's probably right there in the top three mistakes that most hikers, day hikers, backpackers uh, make. They just don't tell people where they're going. They don't give people a time frame and when they're going to come out. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, um, nobody knows where you are. So that, that, you know, if you ever get the, the one thing um, for many of our episodes is plan and prepare and let people know where you're going. And then that takes a lot of the burden off of you as far as, you know, having that fear, um, you know, when you're, when you're out there, um, you know, when you're out there backpacking and, you know, hike with partners too. That's always a good thing to do, to do also. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think, you know, the, the fear base goes so much deeper than, uh, people, uh, it can be of critters. It can be of the unknown, the unseen, all of these things. Um, uh, there's no animal and, and no weather pattern and nothing who's sharpening their knives right, right outside your tent and waiting for you to come out. And I think a lot of times when we get out into the wilderness and we zip up that tent and we have our rainfly protecting us from everything, it's, 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 it's almost like a crutch uh, of, you know, I have this zipper. And I'm protected from everything out here in the dark. I've protected myself. I've removed myself from all the fears. But then all I have to go pee. And now I don't want to unzip my tent. And I don't want to go out there because what if? And what's out there? And what is unknown? And what I can't see? And what I what I might hear? And those fears, are they're just not reality. They're just, they're fears. Unzip that tent. Pop out. Be yourself. Go do what you got to do. Come back. Nothing's going to happen. Yeah, peeing outside in the dark is no different than getting up in the middle of the night and peeing in your house. You'd probably, you've probably tripped um, up or down the stairs at least a dozen times in your house while having to get up to go pee and or bumped into something. I mean, you know, it, it's it's the same thing out outdoors. Um, there's not any wildlife in the, that I know of that wants to stare and watch you pee outside. Um, or is waiting for you to exit or waiting the tent. for you to exit the tent. You know, this is a perfect opportunity. I know I saw them drinking a lot of water. <laughs> you know, that's just not going to happen. So, you know, and, and again, that kind of stuff builds confidence. It builds self-esteem. And, you know, just get up, do your thing. And don't worry so much about what you think might happen. Worry about this stuff and, and plan for the stuff that does happen. Um, and, and none of that is going to be, uh, you know, none of it's going to be reality when you're out there. So just, you know, just go out there and, and do your thing in, in the dark, dark night. And, and the thing is, for women that um, know that they're probably going to have to go out and pee outside, first, holding it in is a terrible idea. Second, plan your spot that night. You know, put a marker out there. You know, know where you're going to go. Plan your stuff. Count your steps. Go left, right, you know, like do, do a little due diligence. So you have a plan, you have a P plan to go out there when, you know, you walk out of your tent. That way you're just not stumbling around, you know, looking for a place, have a specific plan of where you're going to go pee. I do as a guy, I always look around. I know where I'm going to pee before I uh, get in my tent um, for the night. So when I come out, I know exactly where to walk to. Um, and you know, and, and it usually, it usually works that way. I can turn around. I know exactly how to walk back to my tent. So, um, you know, have a have a pee plan. <laughs> and don't be my friend. <laughs> I had somebody once want to hold her pee. She didn't want to get out of her tent. 
She was like, not that she was fearful. She was just lazy. She's like, okay, I'm not going to, I've got a, I've got a hill. I'm just going to unzip on the other side, stick my ass out. And I should be good. Right? Well, now she went tumbling down the hill. <laughs> and and that's when you really have to clean up after yourself. So, uh, we I mean we hope you enjoyed this podcast. Um, just about all the fears, uh, more specifically to women that that we're faced with the the different the mental weight that we carry with us as we're going out there and trying to get ourselves acclimated and comfortable to the wilderness setting, um, and just all the different components that we have to face. Uh, that may be a different variable and, and, and trying to figure out the whole what if partnered with the, I got my rhythm down and, you know. Was that Wendy that fell down? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, too funny. Well, you guys, thank you so much for listening uh, to Trust the Real Podcast. Go to trustthetrailpodcast.com. We just wrote a blog post on three season versus four season. What's the difference? And there is a huge difference in gear and what people think is four-season backpacking. We kind of put it all out there so you can actually see it. We've also partnered with Teespring, a Trust Trail podcast. You can go to a merch link. You can get um, any kind of merch, coffee cups, T-shirts, Embrace the Suck. We really appreciate it. We send out newsletters every 1st and 15th of the month. We're getting ready to send out a new one. Um, and then we go ahead and write specific articles and different things on a newsletter. Sometimes it's a little bit more about our travel in our airstream. Sometimes it's a little bit more about backpacking centric. So we try to put those twice out a month. Um, shout out to our lovely and amazing Facebook members. Thank you guys so much for posting all of your pics recently about your hiking in snow. That was really cool. And of course, our patrons who help support the podcast. Angela Sales, Kim Kaverman, Brother Bear, Joe Lang, E.J. Newell, Becky Wenger, Helene Prophet, Ted Jones, Bob Esser, Jeff Nyman, Danny Bowen, Jack Masters, Amy Tappendorf, Lisa Pruitt, Mike Pellett, Brad Wolf, Susan Johnson, Gary Brusa, John Phillips, Shirley Nutt, Rick Hornick, Rick Hornick, Jessica Wolfen, Ethan Corona, Jordan Lankrack, Suzanne Adams, Joe Ryder, and Kevin Frost. You guys, thank you so much. If you don't know what Patreon is, Patreon is a secure platform that lets you support your favorite content creators podcasters, YouTubers. All you need to do is create an account, go to Trust the Trail Podcast, and as little as $2 a month, get special benefits for exclusive content. We also have a Facebook page and an Instagram Instagram page. We are coming to you live from Ehrenberg, Arizona, by the way. We're right on the border between, I mean, we're right on the border. We are only a few miles away from the Colorado River, and we would be right into California. Um, we have had a blast at a little event called Schoolie Palooza. And so we are podcasting from Schoolie Palooza this week. Our podcasts are available on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, all the big ones, all your favorite ones. If we're not on one that you listen to, just let us know and we'll get on there for you. You can also follow us on Trust the Trail Facebook page. So remember, the trail does give you everything that you are looking for. So trust the trail, you guys. Bye.